Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show, On The Mark. I am Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe's across from me. He's a good conservative. I'm a terrible liberal. Uh, Lynn Hall's neutral on the other side of the glass. Our producer, we have another neutral individual on the line. Jim Cursula is on the line from uh, CBS News. We want to check in him, check in with him and uh, find out about the very latest from Memphis, uh, Tennessee. So good morning, Jim. Thank you so much for calling in today. Yes, good morning. Much appreciated. Can you elaborate on exactly what has happened so far in terms of the investigations that have happened, the terminations that have happened, and uh, what lies ahead in this uh, Memphis uh, Tyree Nichols beating case? Certainly, Mark and Joe, the investigation, and uh, I should say investigation, at this point, the Shelby County District Attorney in Memphis is saying more charges could be coming in this case, which, of course, has attracted international attention. Five Memphis police officers involved in the case have been fired and are now facing criminal charges, including second-degree murder. This results from this traffic stop on January 7th in which a 29-year-old black man, Tyree Nichols, was badly beaten. The video, the body cam, police body cam videos were released late on Friday. Very disturbing stuff. Yesterday, uh, the DA announced that two other police officers have been relieved of their duties at this point. They're suspended, basically, with pay pending the investigation. There is talk that possibly a couple of of Memphis Fire Department EMTs, paramedics, if you will, may also face disciplinary action for their uh, involvement in this. Well, taking a look at at this, the policeman that's just been identified is apparently white, and then the other policeman that they're ta- you're talking about has not been identified. Yeah. Is there any any rumbling about why that might have happened? I know the family seems to be upset about it. Yeah, that's right. Because Joe, of course, the five officers who have already been charged with murder were identified early on. They are black, and again. Uh, the name of the second officer uh, we have not has not even been released. So, and, and there's been this delay in, in charging. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, not charging, but taking disciplinary action against the sixth officer who was white. With the funeral set for this week, uh, set the scene. Tell us what is going to happen. Maybe security, some of the VIPs, notables that may attend. L. Sharpton is going to be delivering the eulogy. This funeral for this. 29-year-old black man will be held in Memphis tomorrow, tomorrow morning specifically. There have been vigils the last several nights, almost for a week now, uh, since this case really started taking on national attention. I always say that whenever there's a mass shooting, we never really do develop a consensus to change gun laws. That's an opinion. Do you see any kind of a consensus emerging from public, from the public or national leaders as to what can be done to fix this and if we'll actually go forward? 
Well, of course, many are calling for that, but that's often the case with a situation like this, one of the mass shootings, one of the many mass shootings we have in this country. And it seems certainly that little is done to change things. I've been covering the story, of course, in Virginia, Newport News, Virginia, of the six-year-old shooting his 25-year-old teacher in the classroom earlier this month. And again, calls for change, but it's very unlikely. And then even in that case, uh, people in Virginia I've talked to, and when I've been there covering the story, I've said, hey, uh, we don't even have a law that, that would handle something like this, that would address this, something like this, where you have a six-year-old shooting a teacher in a schoolroom. Um, Winston Churchill, Jim, is famously quoted as saying, never let a good crisis go to waste. So here we have a situation where Al Sharpton is, uh, I guess, invited or injecting himself into it. How do we as people separate what's political from what's really a tragedy in, in a situation like this? Well, Joe, that's a very good question and a very difficult one to answer. Uh, they certainly seem to have blurred lines in, in a situation like this. They often do, it seems. Is there any consensus in Congress? We start to hear about the George Floyd Act again. Are you getting a sense from your observations that uh, momentum is building? Well, again, hard to say, Mark, probably not. Uh, Certainly, I I would guess on the Democratic side, not so much, obviously, on the Republican side in terms of of trying to address this issue. One of the things that struck me, and, and... in seeing and hearing this very disturbing video that was released, the body cam video from these five officers released late Friday, was the fact that Mr. Nichols w- was calling out for his mother as he was being beaten. And that was so reminiscent, of course, the same thing that George Floyd did in, in Minneapolis a few years ago when, when he was beaten. This is a, certainly a tragedy all the way around, and you can't look at that video without being moved and, and angered, I don't think. Uh, I think you could just... I mean, it's hard. It's horrific. But the thing that really bothered me the most is that nobody seemed to be in charge at the scene. He was yeah. given something like 45, 50 different commands by different officers. You know, is that part of the reason? Have you heard? Is there any... Is that part of the reason why they were being disbanded? Because no one was in charge? Well, this specific unit, Mark and Joe, that, that these officers were part of, it was called the Scorpion Unit, and it was basically started, formed to deal with the gang issue in Memphis. So again, yeah, and, and the fact, one of the striking things to me, too, with this, fellas, is and we learned this just Friday with the release of the, the body cam videos. There were nearly two dozen first responders on the scene, police, EMTs, firemen, paramedics. And, and it's just striking that, that no one offered aid to this fellow. And, and again, that goes back to what you're saying, that there certainly didn't seem to be any anyone in charge or taking charge. You know, I covered the horrible Uvalde school shooting last year, last May, and, and, that, and there's been so much information that's come out in the aftermath of that that no one really took control of that situation no one took charge of that situation we all know we've talked about you guys have talked about it the delayed response the fact that in uvalde the cops waited for an hour to go into that classroom and and, and subsequently we've really learned through again video and audio from the scene that that no one took charge of the situation well, the other question that looms rather largely is why in the world did they stop him in the first place? Good question. Again, initially, it, they said it was for reckless driving. Now, 
the police chief in Memphis, again late last week, put out a statement saying that in terms of a follow-up investigation, they could not find any indication or suggestion, or whatever word you want to use, that Tyree Brooks was actually, or I'm sorry, Tyree Nichols was actually driving recklessly. Well, you know, the, that that's a concern. Now, everybody always says this is another instance, at least the talk on, on our program here has been this is another instance of driving while black. But you have black officers arresting the guy, yes. except that the first officer on the scene, wasn't it the white police officer who, who fired the taser at him? Was, was he the first officer on the scene? That, the one- that's part of the investigation that's not totally clear. It appears to be the case, but again, that's not totally, that, that's not definitive. That's something that, that they're still looking at, and, and I'm sure we'll have more information released about that. Well, Jim, thank you so much for the insights and thank observations. You. We'll check back in. We always appreciate you following these national uh, stories, and uh, always good to talk to you. Thank you, sir. Take care, Jim. Yes, yeah, same, same here, Mark and Joe. Stay well. Take care, guys. You too. Thank you. Uh, Jim Crisula, CBS News correspondent based out of North Carolina, but uh, keeping us informed on a wide range of uh, topics throughout the year. So yeah, we, we could have asked him about the bad weather that's had it our way too, or heading heading in uh, Texas. He's a, he's covered a lot of lot of bad weather in but his a career. Lot of storms over the years. Yep. Okay, so Jim Crisula from CBS News. Interesting to see what is going to happen in the weeks and years ahead. Uh, in this particular case, it's a. Uh, it's going to be one of those national pivot points where maybe something happens. There's talk in Washington, D.C. about the George Floyd the George Floyd Act, uh, let's see, banning chokeholds and a number of other police measures are included in there. So maybe it's time for some of those police measures. I didn't see a chokehold imposed in well, this we, particular we, case. Yeah, well, we do have criminal punishment here. We do have specific crimes that are being alleged by the police and assumedly will be prosecuted. Well, and, uh, you know... I, I don't want to poo-poo the George Floyd Act. I I think there's probably some good police measures in there. But what we saw, uh, there's nothing in the George Floyd Act that would have prevented what happened uh, to uh, Tyree Nichols. I mean, that was almost like an execution of some kind or like gang violence. I don't even know how to describe it, like a mob. That's a very good way to describe it. That's exactly what it looked like for for some reason. I mean, it really did bother me, and that's why I asked Jim the question. You have all these people, these five officers there surrounding this guy and at various times walking away from him, coming back, kicking him, harming him. Nobody seemed to be in charge. Wasn't there somebody there who was a senior officer who could have said, wait a second, this guy's saying, you know, he's cooperating. And he did seem to be. He was saying, and I, I couldn't see any indication that he wasn't trying to do what they told him to do. And I don't blame him for running when it's obvious these people are not going to let, you know, they appear to be trying to kill him. He must have had that sense. And so he gets up and runs. I don't blame him. Yeah, and I've had just a tiny bit of experience with that. It used to cover the Williamsport Police Department, and that was a police department where you would have two, four, six officers on uh, 24-7, so you always had multiple officers patrolling, and they always had a a captain that was on duty at the same time, or at least a sergeant, and uh, he or she was always in a separate vehicle. Uh, The uh, police would drive in the black vehicles, the sergeant was in the white one, and uh, the sergeant was not in charge of patrolling or specific calls, but it was in charge of supervision and responding to all the calls and making sure that uh, sort of this line of... (laughs) 
what, what line of succession do you call it? Right. From the chief, got to the rank and file arrests. Thank and, you, mean uh, chain of command. Right. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> that was uh, taking place. Yeah, not succession, but uh, <laughs> but that was his job or her job, and there were poli- uh, women who were captains. So, um, but that was uh, what they did. You know, they uh, kind of wandered around. You know, patrol officers would arrive uh, at, at one moment, and then thirty seconds later, the captain would get there and and kind of observe and participate and provide wisdom and whatever the chief might do if uh, the chief had actually been personally there. So, But that's not present with this Scorpion unit or this particular case. You didn't see anybody of leadership, and lots of folks have pointed out that that's a significant uh, lack. Well, and uh, the other th- question I asked Jim, and he gave kind of a short answer, I, I thought maybe he would elaborate a little bit more, is that, uh, you know, how do we separate what what's crisis and what's tragedy and what's political advantage in a situation like this? I mean, I, I hate to say this, but it always strikes me as uh, somewhat amusing that Al Sharpton shows up at all these events. You know, is is he like the uh, uh, what um, person du jour for funerals for uh, people who have been killed? improperly or illegally? Well, uh, this is an expansion of his usual stick. Typically, there's a significant and obvious racial component or dynamic to the things he appears at, and he talks about this. This is a little bit more subtle. This might be harder for me to understand. Maybe you get it, but this idea that you still have... uh, I guess a part of our culture that's considered the black and brown community that doesn't have the same privileges or opportunities and may have higher crime neighborhoods and uh, may have higher crime rates among themselves uh, than other parts of the community. Well, he is a primary contributor to MSNBC, and so far their line has been that this is a product of white supremacy. And, and it'll be interesting to see if Al Sharpton's um, funeral convince. oration uh, actually tries to bring people together or if he actually tries to drive us further apart. All right, we're going to have to take a quick break. we got two callers standing by. We're going to hit those callers momentarily. Not, not literally. Figuratively speaking, yeah, we, gotta, we have to tone down the violent rhetoric. <laughs> we have to gently encourage our good callers to contact us now. Uh, 570-743-9565. You can email Email us at onthemark at WDKOK.com. Text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. I just found out today the uh, OTM texture machine wasn't working today. It does appear to be working, to, or wasn't working yesterday. It does appear to be working today. So we will be right back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full, new, and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf.
All right. Thank you so much, Lynn Hall. Fabulous producer called up Jim Crisula for the first segment of our show and answered the call when Eric dialed in. And, Eric, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. Just a reminder of anyone who can call into this show for free, uh, today's Election Day, right? Get out and vote. Exercise your right. Uh, we're not going to talk about candidates because I think that talk should be over by Election Day, but it is Election Day. But uh, what's up with your 1-800 number? Is that permanently disabled now, guys? <laughs> yeah, we disabled that. It turns out that uh, it was set up for the whole station in the newsroom, but only one group of people was using it on the mark. And, we, of course, we do have the regular number, and we do have to pay for the toll-free number. So it, we got rid of the 800 number just to save a, a buck or two. Well, and the fact, too, that many people call the program, call on a cell phone, and there are no toll charges. Right. Yeah, that's oh yeah, I'm sorry, that's a big factor. Yeah, most people don't incur toll charges. Still, it still could be minutes though, right? I mean, so is there an economic factor here? We're gonna play the uh play the uh the that card, right? So so it sounds like on the mark only wants people to call in or who are local or who are able to pay for it. Just kidding. Just kidding, let's not go there today. Um Scorpion, right? Uh hindsight's twenty twenty, uh I think the unit was put together by the poli- new police chief there, uh, a lady of uh, of color and so forth. Uh, hindsight 2020, if you you were part of a, a unit, right, and its name was Scorpion, what what would you anticipate the culture would be that you were to participate in? Now, I understand that uh, this this is probably a voluntary unit. You 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 signed up to get into it special because you wanted to. But if, if, if the unit and officially name is Scorpion... Well, you know, you're wrong for the good. You're wrong from the very start. No, come on, stop and think for a minute. I mean, the, the military uses you don't use names like the Pussy Cats or the China Dolls. Help a nice old ladies I mean, across yeah, right. the street. These are tough guys yeah. who are doing a tough job, so you give them a tough name. It's, it adds to the machismo, perhaps, of it, and but it certainly adds to the ambiance that they're trying to create. A unit that's not going to mess around. They're going to deal with crime right at its root cause, and they're going to stop it. Yeah, less investigating, more punishment at the scene. And they did. They certainly stopped it. What I'm saying is, is I'm not saying no name at the Pussy Cats or the Lemon Slushies or something like that. I understand, but but if you have that name and that culture and your eye, the whole thing. What does a scorpion do but kill? Right, sting. <laughs> right. Seriously, I, I'm being honest here. I mean, you know, uh, there right. there are gangs called the Scorpions out there. I think a rather large one, if I'm well, correct. It's an acronym. It's an anti-gang unit, but then you name it after a name of a gang, so it's almost like creating like our gang against their gang. It's a rose. I mean, I know the hindsight's twenty twenty, but um, Aaron, you know, because I, a rose but, by a rose by any other name smells just as sweet. <laughs> <laughs> and a scorpion by any other name still stings and kills. Right? That's right. I mean, See, that's, and, uh, that's my that's my point. I, I'm I'm doing this tongue in cheek a little bit. But to say, because I've had uh, members of my household and, and family who are police officers, right? And, and what those guys did was intolerable and shouldn't have happened. But from, from what perspective, did, from the get-go, was the anticipation what these guys were supposed to do? And then what was put in place to prevent them from doing what happened? And apparently nothing. 
Well, I think the biggest fault I found is what I said to Jim Cresula and what Mark and I were discussing. Nobody seemed to be in charge. Somebody should have, with authority, should have stepped up and said, hold it, stop a minute, let's take a deep breath here and see what this guy's doing. We're going to give you one last chance to comply before things get ugly. And then they would have seen they would have seen that he would have complied. I mean, I think the guy was trying to comply, but he was being shouted so many orders, many of which were contradictory. Right. Get Plus, on your knees. Get up. Get up. Stand down. Lay down. Plus, he was illegally pulled out of the vehicle. He had been stopped, and he was asking why he was stopped when they pulled him out of the vehicle, and that ramped up everything from there. Yeah. Well, he had every right there, to ask there, there may be more to the story. I mean, we oftentimes have just caught on camera what happened before I mean we don't know um, but I, I'm just saying uh, what should happen obviously should not have happened and, and, hey, and like, we take race out of it it shouldn't happen to any human being right but if, if there was this culture so to speak of what this, this group was supposed to do and to me if you call yourself a scorpion you know and I'm sure there was certainly you know, a, a esprit de corps being a scorpion and so forth. <laughs> and Joe, yeah, I get your analogy of of, uh, of the army and so forth. But yeah, but their 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 one function is to 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 act in time of war, right? I mean, that's what they're training for. And the to, police, to, the police are there to stop crime or prevent it if they can, right, or solve gotta, it if they can. We got to get to another caller. Thank you so Thank much, you. Eric. Thanks for get that out and Get out and vote. Thank you. Yeah, right. Much appreciate it. Stan, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Good morning. Did you see in the news yesterday that uh, Mark Halk, the pro-life guy that was arrested by the feds in a morning raid by the FBI, was acquitted down in Philly? No. He he was acquitted, and basically the judge says this is uh, what the DOJ did was pretty pretty thin evidence there that they did anything, because they, yeah, they, they, uh, they charged him with violating the FACE Act, it's called. Something about freedom of access for abortion clinics, but it's also supposed to apply to churches and, uh, you know, pro-life clinics and, uh, you know, pregnancy crisis centers. But for some reason, the DOJ doesn't seem to care about those things when they're firebombed and everything. So, you know, yet to be determined what's going to happen there. But what I've heard, and I heard it from one of the people that helped support him, his uh, case last night on an interview was that the FACE Act covers employees of the abortion clinic and uh, and the clients. And the guy that was uh, supposedly pushed was a volunteer. It doesn't cover volunteers. So, and the other thing I heard was the guy was verbally abusing his 12-year-old son and he walked away, Halk walked away trying to get away from the guy with the son and the guy followed him off property away for a distance away from him. That's when Halk pushed him to tell him to get lost. So the local DA said there was nothing there and in September of last year, the feds raided his home and arrested him charged him with FACE Act violations. So, and, and they come out in the case, court case, and the FBI agents were there that the DOJ decided to be start pushing harder on these type of supposed violations to protect women because uh, Roe v. Wade was struck down. Okay. So, yeah. So, you know, the DOJ is weaponizing itself against one way, but they don't they don't apply the law equally. You know, we still don't know who firebombed those uh Back last summer, the 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 price, uh, pregnancy crisis centers, do we? 
you would think they they would they'd be able to find that out, considering they found everybody that was uh, in D.C. on J six in twenty twenty one. You would think they'd be able to find that out, but they they also haven't found out who planted the bombs at the DNC and the R the RNC. Well, on the same day, on the sixth. But let's fa- let's face it: there were far more cameras in Washington than there are around abortion clinics or pregnancy crisis centers. It I mean, doesn't matter. Yes, it they, does. It makes it a lot looking. easier. It makes it a lot easier to identify people if there are tons of video cameras around. That isn't how they found most of the people in J six. They went after their phone tracking, the metadata or whatever it's called. I forget exactly what it's called. Well, how they know they, they were there in the, the first location place. to identify. How they, they know they, they were. How, they how did they know they were there in the first place without facial identification? They had to know who because they were. Because their phones were there. It's the phone tracking that they're using. How do they track every uh, phones that they don't have, even know are in the area? From what I is, understand, the phone company go to the phone companies. The phone companies have. When you go to D.C. with your cell phone, the phone company tracks you. They, if you make a phone call from D.C. or have any activity, your tracking is there. They could tell you were in the vicinity. Now, whether you actually went into, say, the Capitol or was just there, they were able to track these people down. That's how they're solving crimes. The guy out there in Idaho that slaughtered those four college students, that's one way they helped track him down and find him. But that wouldn't tell them whether or not they had committed a crime, only that their phone was in a given area. For heaven's sake, that's not proof of anything. It depends on the time of the night and when it started. No, that's not with, proof of well, anything. That, that's, circum- that's, that's, that's evidence that can be used. Without and having... They go, yeah, without you know, facial recognition. If they're burning a the place, yeah, facial recognition, I understand all that. But let's say a, a, a pregnancy crisis center is firebombed and torched, okay? Now... Since they're criminals doing this, do you think they're real smart? <laughs> now, suppose they get tracking information. They find these people. They have a number. Say there's five numbers in an area. They go talk to these people, and they find evidence on their person of stuff that they used in the fire. Wouldn't that be a good case against them? I still think the primary issue is facial identification, but I understand what you're saying. Yep, we got you. Yeah, all right. Have a good one. Yeah, Bye. thank you so much, Dan. Much appreciated. <laughs> Stan, our good caller, uh, one of the angry men, and we always appreciate his opinions. We'll take more comers during the 9 a.m. hour. This is WKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe, good conservative mayor of Shemokadim. The greatest name he's ever been called is, comes directly from his grandchildren when they look across the dinner table with that strange look in their face and say... Well, I, we don't eat across the dinner table except on Thanksgiving and Christmas and holidays, but usually they call me Papa. Okay, there we go. Thank you. Well, that's <laughs> a, you could have just said Papa and kept, no, the, I wasn't kept the mystery to, going. We're trying to kill a little time here this morning. <laughs> okay. On the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Uh, we have a telephone number for you to dial up on your cell phone, which is toll-free, 570-743-9565 is the telephone number. That's 570 570- 
743-WKOK. You can email us at onthemark at WKOK.com, and you can text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. One of our listeners says, didn't the man killed run from his first stop? That's why police stepped it up. Sad, says uh, one of our listeners. I don't think that's quite right. I think they drug him out of the car and were in the process of beating him, and then he took doing off. things to him, and he, yeah, he managed and he took to get off. off. So, but you know, and besides, uh, whatever the reckless driving was, or whatever resisting arrest, or whatever running from the police, none of that. You get the death penalty for that, and that's not the officer's job to mete out that kind of justice. And true, so true enough. True they're enough. facing criminal charges. Uh, we would invite you to participate in this discussion. This is a national discussion underway. I mentioned the George Floyd Act when we were talking to uh, Jim Crisula. We uh, looked that up and uh, know one of the sticking points was that qualified immunity for officers. It's immunity from civil suit, not uh, criminal liability when they are involved in some sort of a questionable action. So uh, that was the sticking point, and that is uh, likely, uh, maybe maybe that'll be a factor in that. But all of it doesn't, you know, it's in the George Floyd Act is not a substitute for greater training or greater restraint or greater supervision. So uh, we can talk about that topic or something else. Joe has a clipping that relates to education, I believe you said was the yes, main it's subject. Yes, it's a state of Minnesota, and they're forcing teachers to become woke or not get a certificate. They have to become woke. Oh, yeah, brother. well, you'll hear the story. Right. You'll hear it. <laughs> the boogeyman is in the classroom. The wokeness. wokeness. Yes, exactly. All right. So please participate in the show. Sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, 570-743-WKOK, our telephone number. Uh, that's 570-743-9565. You can email us at onthemark at WKOK.com and text us at 70236. You have to put the keyword OTM. Then you have 150 characters for your message. That's the old Twitter threshold of messages, uh, letters, and characters. So. The old Twitter. <laughs> yeah. All right. Six years ago. Yes, the old Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When Columbus discovered America, he tweeted, hey, I found a new land. Yeah, right. But the natives said, no, this is, we've been here a long time. Okay. Uh, several volunteer, this is the news headline, several volunteer fire crews uh, called out in Cold Township two times yesterday. First over the noon hour for a house fire heavily damaged at Maple and West Holly Streets. No injuries there. Then another two alarm blaze last evening on Woodlawn Avenue. That fire started in a kitchen, according to witnesses, and spread throughout the home. Northumberland County Communications tells us they could observe no injuries that occurred at the scene. Red Cross helping that particular family. Uh, volunteers, Cole Township, Shemokin, uh, Coltmont, Elysburg, and Ralpho Township all sent volunteers, apparatus, and or ambulances to the scene of that. Well, a lot of folks are talking about those special elections next week for the pivotal House seats. A special election is underway today. Joe, did you vote this morning? Not yet, but I'm going to. You're going to. Okay. Uh, for the special election for the vacant state Senate seat, Mark Sims is following that story. Voters in the 27th Senate District will decide who should fill the seat left vacant by the resignation of Republican John Gordner, who stepped down to work as counsel to Senate President Pro Tem Kim Ward. The district, in which Republicans have a two-to-one voter registration advantage, covers all of Columbia, Montour, Northumberland, and Snyder counties, as well as part of Luzerne County. The race to fill the seat for the remainder of Gordner's term, which ends in 2024, pits Republican State Representative Linda Schlegel-Culver against Democrat Patricia Lawton. 
Mark Sims, News Radio 1070 WKOK. They're all sin. Also, if you follow this uh, program, there is a right-hand libertarian candidate, Thomas Anderson. Polls open at 7 o'clock, close at 8 p.m. You can go to WKOK.com to see your vote count. And speaking of state representatives, uh, this is sad from up in Lycoming County. A man who uh, sat in the guest chair on a number of occasions and called the show a couple of times. Conservative State House member Garth Everett died, just 69 years old. He died over the weekend. Penn Live uh, say he was battling cancer. Seven-term state house member, uh, U.S. Air Force veteran, was an attorney, and was the Republican in the 84th District. Garth was one of those people who worked hard uh, and joined with John Gordner and Gene Yaw and Linda Culver and Fred Keller to get the bypass and Kurt Mosser. Well, Garth... uh I'm not. Uh, this is not a diss of any other elected leader. Okay, Darth Garth loved to listen to people who didn't agree with him. I mean, he did sit down listens. His office was always open. You know, when people stopped having town hall meetings, he opened up his office and would have people there. There were people that would uh, stand in front of his office, like they did Tom Marino's office. You know, mornings with Marino, they would call it, and usually Tom Marino would come out and stand on the sidewalk with him for a short time. But Garth would welcome him in and say, "This is going to be part of my." constituent services to listen to people with whom I don't agree. And so he did a nice job at that. Uh, uh, Gene Yaw, of course, the state senator, who's 70-something, uh, said, we're saddened to hear, uh, that's going to be germane in a minute, and I'll tell you that. Um, he said, we're saddened to hear of Garth's passing. I knew Garth for many years before he was a state legislator. We both graduated from Montoursville High School. He always jokingly made the point to let everybody know that I graduated way before he did, unquote. So that's a uh, Genial, good humor, uh, saying goodbye to Garth Everett. Uh, you would remember him, folks, uh, from being on the show a couple of times. Not so much lately. Uh, gave up the seat about what a year or so yeah. ago, something like that. Last election cycle, right? And then years. the redistricting kind of <clears throat> bifurcated that whole area. So we have had the two state representatives on this show already that now represent that particular section of Lycoming County. So far, the CSVT is doing one of its jobs. A preliminary traffic study from PennDOT shows steady traffic reductions on Route 15 going through Lewisburg and Route 405 going through Northumberland. Matt Catrillo has results of the study. The study says the daily traffic volume on Route 15 south of Lewisburg was down 30 percent since the opening of the northern section of the CSVT. The daily truck volume was also down by roughly 30 percent. On Route 405, the study shows there is roughly 40 percent less overall traffic flow compared to prior to the CSVT opening. Additionally, there is roughly 75 percent less truck volume. PennDOT says it does not appear CSVT substantially impacted Route 45 traffic through downtown Lewisburg, but there have been some slight improvements. Lewisburg saw roughly 10% less overall traffic and roughly 20% less truck traffic. PennDOT says these preliminary estimates are based on traffic counts performed last October, and it may take a year or more before new traffic patterns are established. Matt Catrillo, News Radio 1070, WKOK. Some other news. One Pennsylvania lawmaker has proposed raising the state's minimum age to purchase a semi-automatic firearm to 21. In a memo to House members Monday, Democratic State Representative Melissa Schusterman of Chester County pointed to the 2018 shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Florida where a 19-year-old killed 17 people. Uh, Schusterman said in her memo uh, that people who cannot buy alcohol should not be able to buy a 
weapon of mass destruction. So on your 21st birthday, you buy a flask of whiskey and a gun, right? Well, I guess. Uh, semi-automatic. Semi- you could what buy could a shotgun. Go, what could go wrong? A normal shotgun. <laughs> what could go wrong? You could buy a normal shotgun before then, or maybe a handgun. Can you, oh, you have to wait till you're 21 to buy a handgun in right. Pennsylvania. Okay. Uh, let's see. Joe, you could still run for office as, well, I mean, for additional office, I should say. You're already elected mayor. Anyway, as millennials become the largest voting group around the world, experts warn that doesn't mean change will come quickly in elected offices. They call it the grandfather effect. It's when people of previous generations keep getting reelected by younger people who view them in a grandfatherly way. It's well, a, my children, I thank you for your votes. I know. It's funny. I, I know you are a grandfather, but I still think of you as being, you know, just a 60-something retiree. But anyway, it's a myth that younger voters prefer young political leaders. A recent study found millennials showed no age bias against older candidates. In fact, younger voters tended to go with candidates 70 years of age and up. They call it the grandfather effect. What do you know? Okay. Uh, Of my grandchildren. (laughs) We would invite you to participate in our program. We have an email that relates to policing, uh, but it is open phone, so we can talk about the topic of your selection. The phone number is 570-743-9565. Email us at onthemark at wkok.com. Text us at 70236. Joe? Oh, you want me to read this before yes, we take the caller? Okay. The policeman's actions were beyond making justification for. They were five men that went away way past their job description. There are bad people in all walks of life, from pedophile priests to unethical lawyers and teachers, who have no business in a classroom. Pick a profession, and you'll find bad people. Fortunately, I really believe the huge majority of people are good folks, but you will unfortunately always have isolated violations. And I don't think spending time on the names of groups makes a difference. Scorpions or ladybugs. Let's move past worrying about politically correct names and work on getting the best people for the hardest jobs like police officers. Yeah, and I heard one of the FOP leaders in Pennsylvania did an interview down south at a three-letter radio station that shall remain unnamed and talked about individuals that have in high-crime units should have years of training, not hours of training. You know, talked about the discretion and the um, uh, just uh, sort of the wisdom to properly handle uh, this always dealing with uh, individuals, criminals, or potential criminals on the margin right. that are, you know could blow up at any time. So years of training is ideal, not just days of training. Well, and the, the, the news story accurately, if it accurately reported, the three of the five officers who were involved in this tragedy in Memphis were hired after the department was forced to lower standards because they weren't able to recruit enough good people. So that's troublesome. Okay, so uh, something, yeah, you got a very... Uh, a tough dynamic going here. First caller ready to go, uh, Joseph from Milton. Good morning, sir. Welcome back this week. You're on the mark. Yes, good morning. I want to comment on this group of uh, scorpions here. I think they must, and uh, what Joe was just saying there, uh, <laughs> they were a lower group of people or whatever. They must have the brain the size of a scorpion because, <laughs> come on, everybody, had, they had body cams on. And they know there's uh, people are filming this. How ignorant can you get? 
I mean, uh, it just doesn't make sense to me. You know, I could see it maybe if they were in a back alley where no one was around and they didn't have body cams to do something like that if they wanted to do that. But uh, with being filmed themselves, you know what I mean? Yeah. That just doesn't make sense to me. Well, you're right. I mean, there are so many cameras today. You, you, How can you ever get away with anything? You, Yeah, well, you can't get away with anything. But I'll tell you here, there's another dynamic that enters into this that we're maybe not taking into consideration, is that it's, there's a mob mentality, and then there's, uh, when you get psyched up, I know when I was a teenager, I had a car that was out of, the license was out of date, okay, and a, a cop chased me from, well, Laurelton, uh, of Route 45, down to Miffenburg, and I lost him, a state trooper. And I, well, what happened is a long story, but, uh, I I lost him and I thought, well, I'm just going to go home because I was all shook up. I mean, I was just I was just a, a, a nervous wreck. I was running like crazy. And I come up through Mifflinburg, the upper end of Mifflinburg at Route uh, 104. Here they had a roadblock, and I thought it was for me. And so <laughs> it wasn't for me. It was for pen prisoners that had got out, okay? And I quick took a side street, and as soon as I looked in my mirror, I seen the cops on me. I run every stop sign through Miffenburg out oh to the road God. to Forest Hill. When I hit the road to Forest Hill, I was going 120 miles an hour out that road. I went nuts. I just lost my mind. And when you get into that 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 mentality, you just you lose all sense of of, of reality. You know what I mean? Um, I lost the police. Uh, I lost them. You know, Joseph. and I got away with it. But uh, I, I was just crazed. You know what I'm saying, Joseph? I and I think that. That 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 spirit that maybe overcome these men that they 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 just had no sense of of, of anything you know it was it was just totally crazy. Joseph, I just looked it up. Uh, there's a seventy year statute of limitations on fleeing and eluding police officers. So <laughs> I hope it's run out because I was just a teenager. I'm eighty one now. <laughs> <laughs> Pray tell me. <laughs> uh, yeah, my, you might be just under you, the wire. You make an excellent point. I mean, I think there is that dynamic. Plus the fact, people will do things in a group they would never do singly. And, and I think that's been demonstrated many, many times. And so these officers, since no one seemed to be in charge, I think they just fed on each other's, what, anger or frustration or whatever yeah, they, it was that caused them. they fed off of that. And, well, they, uh, obviously they were in this group of uh, scorpions or whatever, the, the criminals that they were dealing with are probably hardened criminals, and they, they deal with them rather toughly. And they just got into that frame of mind, you know, and just lost it. Yep, good point, Joseph. Thank you so much for calling. Yep. Appreciate your comments. Thank you, sir. And by the way, the statute yep. of limitations is much, much shorter. I, I was two years. Yeah, it? probably something <laughs> like that. All right, okay. thank you so much, Joseph. Thanks for calling in. Uh, David, I hate to say this. you got to stand by. We will be right back. Mm-hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of 
your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 630 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury. And Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the... Mm. Out of auto repair. All right, welcome back. Uh, Joe and I just cured all non-known diseases and fed the poor, but we forgot to write it down here. Right, well, we've lost that. So maybe we better see David from Bloomsburg. Yeah, David, thank you for patience, please. Thanks for calling in. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, David. Quick report from the voting stations. It's a slower but constant turnout in Columbia County, especially here in Mount Pleasant Township. Um, Appreciate if people consider supporting Linda Schlegel-Culver for the state Senate race. She's a true supporter of the Second Amendment uh, out there. And when you talked about uh, these officers in Memphis, they were hired, like I said, the majority of them under substandard conditions. And the police chief, if you read the report out of the New York Post, why they're the only one reporting it, the police chief was fired from her previous police chief job for running a cover-up in a sexual uh, exploitation, sexual harassment scandal inside the department. So she's no shining star out there serving the public. Yeah, what do they call that and when bad cops hop towns? It's like cop hopping or something? They have a name for it hopping? now. <laughs> yeah, when cops just uh, get fired from one town and go to the next. I don't know. I've sort of like that. in the old days that the Catholic priest or other priests used to get reassigned to different churches or parishes if they got into problems with uh, not really harassment, no. sexual harassment, and not stuff really. like that. Okay, yeah, but yes, and so yeah, chiefs, chiefs and administrators and uh, uh, can do the same thing. And you need accountability, and uh, of all things, these officers—they're already talking that just like with the George Floyd case, where uh, Officer Shovlin worked with George Floyd. They're saying two of these officers may have had some personal interaction with this individual in the previous uh, time last year, and they were known to him back and forth. So that's all going to come out in the investigation, and rightfully so. You know, there there was no no place for this. You know, for this wilding, as you would call it. You know, this is maybe a, a bunch of school age kids. You know, get involved in this. But when you swear an oath to protect the people, this shouldn't be tolerated. And rightfully, the people, the officers were terminated. But there's more officers suspended today. There was a report. And even some of the people in the EMS that didn't respond and didn't extend their aid, they were suspended also. And rightfully so. Uh, well, they were fired, I guess, for failing to uh, conduct a proper assessment of him. But, you know, I think they were kind of between a rock and a hard place. You pull up on the scene and you're an EMT and the police say to you, listen, uh, this guy's a little out of control here. And you better he's wait. he's been pepper sprayed. And they he's didn't been, say he'd been beaten. Right. They, yeah, right. So, I mean, it didn't appear to, to me, it, it doesn't look like they willfully withheld treatment. They just were misled, perhaps, by the police. But be that as it may, if they were required to do something and they didn't do it, then they probably do deserve to be fired. You know, when you're put in a situation where people with guns tell you don't touch them, right. don't help them, 
you know, what are you going to be able to do? Is like you're going to fight them and you're going to end up getting tasered? Or, you know, if they, you know, it was a five-on-one free-for-all, imagine what they have done with uh, EMT and paramedics who responded to the scene with just the stretcher. Well, it makes you, you wonder, know, too, yeah. what, what the, what the, uh, what the um, criteria is when police are at a scene and they call EMTs and you have a victim there who has been injured. You know, who has the call as to whether or not the EMTs get to work on him? Is it the police saying, no, he's not, uh, it's not ready yet for you to go in there? Or is it the EMTs? Do they have absolute control at the scene and they have an absolute authority to override the police and treat somebody who needs help. Uh, speaking as an EMT, police have to say so. If they say that the scene isn't safe, don't go in there. We're supposed to follow their direction, or we could be facing discipline up to including your EMT certification. You know, it's a judgment call if it's a mass casualty situation, but where there's one individual being uh, assailed by five other individuals, you're, you're put in a, in a hard place, you know. And like I said, you know, they had the body camps. They should have known better. Right. You know? And if just and you, one you office... talked earlier about one of your uh, the representatives talk about more gun control and stuff like that. Do you realize that 88% approximately of the mass shootings from Columbine forward have been committed by liberals or the children of liberals. <laughs> so if anybody talks about gun control, no, I'm being serious. You know, the Vegas shooting, the Pulse nightclub, the the, the queer club, as they called it, shooting. It was Waller. You know, Gabby Gifford was shot by one of her far-left supporters. You know, and she, unfortunately, she or fortunately, she survived, but other people were killed there. You know, Um Let's look at the individual buying the guns. This does not classify everybody. Like they're saying everybody should have an interlock on their car because we have drunk drivers. Well, you're penalizing the law-abiding drivers where instead of taking a look at, you know, the inebriated drivers. Yeah. Yeah, that's not right either, so you've got a point. Anything Uh, else, sir? All right. All right. Thank you so much. It's an important thing, and then we'll have another election in a week or two. Yep, we will. <laughs> Thanks a lot, David. All right, thank you so much. Oh, vote liberal, please. <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that one. All right, okay, welcome on board, everybody. It is, uh, we're approaching the halfway point. Nope, we just passed over the halfway point in this particular hour. We would invite you to contact us if you want to weigh in on our important topics. Liberals do most of the mass shootings, says our good caller. Is that true? You can email us at onthemarkatwkok.com and text us at 70236 in response to a piece of legislation that will be introduced later this year in the state house that would prevent individuals who are less than 21 years of age from buying a semi-automatic rifle, one of our listeners says. Typical Democrats want to discriminate against 18 to 21-year-old citizens who can die in war but can't buy the best weapon to defend themselves. Or can't buy the best weapon to defend themselves is one way to say that. Well, which way would you prefer I say it? The, the latter, the way I said <laughs> it. The best it, weapon it right. to defend themselves. I, I wore it better. Well, all right. <laughs> okay. Uh, feel free to call us right now. We're going to take another quickie break, but we'd encourage you to call us, 570-743-9565. Uh, that's... 
570-743-WKOK. First sentence of your education-oriented topic. Teachers and policy experts are pushing back after the state of Minnesota's Education Licensing Board voted to overhaul their standards and require new teachers to adopt core aspects of critical race theory and gender ideology. Okay. This is bad stuff, let me tell you. More boogeyman wokeism. Okay, (laughs) we're going to be talking about this when we come back. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. Jim from Ashland waited through the break. Good morning, sir. You are on the Mark. Yes, good morning. Good morning. I appreciate all those people out working the polls for whatever candidate, but Linda Schlegel Culver is a good choice. She will do a good job for the people. And um, as far as this uh, beating, uh, there's some, you know, I don't believe everything I read on the Internet. Um, but uh, good for allegedly, you. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> uh, every, alledly, these people might have been gang members. These five cops, and gang because of the lower standards, uh, you know, I hope not. But you, you know, in a big city, a lot of things happen, and, and they shouldn't. Um, but standards are, you know, life in the city is a lot harder. Uh, I lived in Philadelphia for 19 years, and you could park your car, and you'd be parked in, and the way you get out is you back up until you hit the car behind you, you turn the wheel, and you just keep doing that. You hit the car in front and back until you get out. Um, I've seen that, and I've had to do that. I didn't like it, but uh, um, that's just an example. And, and um, I don't know what we, how we stopped that. You would You would think you'd get the best and brightest, but... It doesn't always happen, and so. But uh, you have uh, you have some interesting races coming up. I hope that uh, you guys uh, get to talk to uh, your one county commissioner is going to run for judge, and then mm-hmm. um, the uh, in my opinion the punishment uh, that never ends. Uh, I understand. I mean, I don't really know the guy, but it seems like haven't we had enough Vinny Quasi? I mean, he's the uh, Donald I Trump know. of Northumberland County. Well, you know, remember is that Har- what you call? Him? Well, I, w- I was thinking of Harold Stassen myself. Do you remember Harold Stassen? Okay, oh yeah. <laughs> he or ran Adelaide for every ran for, He ran for every office in Pennsylvania, right, and lost them all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he has some good ideas, but I mean, he he his day has come and gone, hasn't it? You know, and and so, so you think, I wonder. You, you know. think Vinny has passed his sell by date, huh? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. That's just my opinion, though. I mean, uh, he may be a good man. He may be a wonderful father. And I don't know. I, I don't really don't know the guy. But it seems like from um, he's been in office quite a long time. And uh, no, he's been out uh, of office for four no, or eight, close had... eight years, wasn't he? He was only in for one, no, two terms, wasn't he? I don't remember the number of terms. Well, even so, I mean, you know, at some point. You should just walk away. You know, I, I think we ought to have a a, a sell-by date or whatever you want to call it, uh, an expiration. Of course, term limits would be the answer, but we're not going to get that because we don't have enough strong people. Now, Linda Culver, I've talked to her. She is for term limits. So is Joanne Sturr. And, and uh, those are things that I think we need. We've had people in office way too long, and it's time for them to go. 
So you guys have a great day. Incidentally, I appreciate what you're doing. Well, thank you. Do you know what? Do you know Scorpion actually stands for something? Uh, it stands what? for Street Crimes Operation to Restore Peace in Our Neighborhoods. Okay. I don't think they were restoring peace in the neighborhoods by beating somebody to death, but that's no, just no, me. no, no, obviously not. <laughs> and it's sad that uh, things like that happen. So we got to, you know, if you see something, say something. Then don't just videos. Try to stop it. Oh, by the way, the police have the have are in charge, and uh, the first thing they teach EMTs and paramedics is: is the scene safe? And if it's not, you don't go in it. Right. So if they say it's not safe to go in it, you don't go in it. And that's the bottom line. All right. So yep. Have a good day. Yep. yep. Thank Bye. you, sir. And he brings up an interesting thing about races. I think it's fascinating to me that today is the special election that will decide who is filling in for John Gordner's term, most probably given the registration edge, Linda Culver. And somebody's already announced for Linda's seat, a young man. <laughs> yeah, young man. You know, at least wait till the body's cold. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. His release, his announcement include This announcement is contingent on the expected outcome. But they always tell you, announce early so that way. You well, discourage yeah. other people from getting into the race. That's right. You're you're already taking all the oxygen out of the room. But I don't say. think that's that's so with state representative races. I mean, these are pretty decent jobs. They pay a pretty fair amount of money. Right. Right. If you and if you think you can win, and uh, there's a, quite a few people that say they're going to re- they're ready to replace Linda if and only if right. she gets elected. But they're keeping their mouth shut at the moment. All right. Vinnie Clausey served two terms starting in twenty. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. We would invite you to call us five seven zero seven four three WKOK. Al, you are on the mark. Thank you for calling in. Well, uh, thank you for taking my call. You didn't want to hear it one other time, but here's a story that turned out good, but it was horrible for me. One happened to me one morning in a, a in this area, and uh, I had seven EMTs. We had a history. Uh, it was 12 hours before we had a history, but there were seven EMTs because of that history, and uh, things went awry, and one of the EMTs inside a personal dwelling put me in a, what they call a sleeper hold. It's a strangulation position with your forefingers underneath your ears on your on your carotid arteries, and it's supposed to put you down and out pretty quick. But I talked the man down, and uh, and uh, it was over. And then the policeman came, so now we're eight against one. There were seven EMTs and me. And the policemen talked to them first, and they were over there kind of goofing around, so I broke that up and then wanted to talk to the policemen. And I talked to the policemen, and then they were him hauling around. He wouldn't listen to me about the strangulation that was going on. And there was only one other EMT witness in it. And uh, so I told him I have to leave. If nobody's getting arrested here, look at my neck. I mean, if, and I'm not. I'm leaving. I got my granddaughter to take to school, so I left. And this was early, six, you know, seven o'clock in the morning. Where's and, this? And, uh, what, what's the point of this story? I, I'm afraid you've lost me. You're talking about a bad incident, but what's it relate to? Uh, I'm getting to that. There was five seventy MTs in me in a personal dwelling. One of them choked me. Okay. The story goes. If you want me to go real quick, I was charged with. 
five felonies, two misdemeanors, and another charge. I would have spent 27 years and 90 days in jail maximum, five years for each felony. I ended up not paying anything because the whole thing was a sham, and they left me go. I mean, I was in front of Toomey, everybody else. You guys didn't want to... My constitutional rights that day were stomped on. And the policeman is two weeks later, lo and behold, ended up in a different town. The lawyer gave me $1,000 back and paid my $500 fine. They knocked it down to because I wouldn't plead guilty to anything. And I'm just... And I tried to talk to the boss of the EMTs that hour, and he didn't want to talk to me. Because I wanted to stop it right then and there and said, you have an EMT in town that doesn't hesitate, you know, because I wouldn't listen to his commands. And it's a deep story. But he had no right to put his hands on me. And, you... and that's how they... they band together. But, but you don't you don't do. say who summoned the EMTs. I still don't get the point of the story. Well, that's who called the EMTs? Going well, the EMTs is for my cousin that went down during the evening and fell, and he, they were there prior to that, and I told them, like, you're going to be back in less than 12 hours. Please take him to the hospital because I already have uh, room for him up on the fifth floor of the Sunbury Community Hospital. But I'm the whole story is, it happens. I wanted to deal with it that day, but we didn't deal with it that day. We had a bad cop in this city, and he went from that period to that day, and now he's gone. But he went to be a cop somewhere else again, and we got him from a cop from somewhere else. So you got the chief that is no saint, and... I'm telling you, when you're in law enforcement, it's 20 years of being a Boy Scout. You have to be right on your toes, top-notch citizen for 20 years, and you deserve every penny you ever get. All right. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Thank you so much, Thank Al. you. Yep. Bye. Thanks for calling in. All right. We're going to take another quickie break. We'll invite you to call us. We're t- still the theme of policing, but we have Joe's clipping here. So we're going to talk about uh, teachers who have wokeness imposed on them or they get canned. So the no, boogeyman they can't get a license. is alive and well. Yeah. Jeez, Louise. Come on. All right. 570-743-9565 is our telephone number. You can email us at on the mark at the koka.com. Text us at 70236. Always include the keyword OTM. We would love to hear from you. Mm. Mm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I just don't know. Um, Me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections? Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6 30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury. And Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the... Mm. Mm. Out of auto repair. All right, welcome back to uh, WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. Joe, please tell us yeah, what you this got this is there. a story. 
Teachers and policy experts are pushing back after the state of Minnesota's Education Licensing Board voted to overhaul their standards and require new teachers to adopt core aspects of critical race theory and gender ideology. According to the updated Standards of Effective Practice promulgated by Minnesota's Professional Educator Licensing and Standards Board, educators are required to commit to affirming various and, quote, diverse perspectives on race, culture, language, (laughs) sexual identity, and ability, etc. And you want them to be white only, In the classroom to be licensed (laughs) educators. The new passages added to existing standards with several multiple passages suggesting teachers needed to affirm students' background and identities to acquire a teaching license in the state. The rules go into effect by 2025. Rebecca Fredericks, a 28-year-old public school teacher and the founder of Fort Kids and Country, told us that every single buzzword from the far-left political agenda is listed in the new standards. So, in other words, this is a group that should be licensing teachers based on their credentials and their abilities, not on ideology and things that they have to do to get a license. So you don't want them to set standards for them to teach in the classroom? They have have excellent standards, but why would uh, affirming someone's gender identity be a standard for a teacher in a classroom? What do you mean by that? I think I know what it means, but tell me well, what that diverse, actually means. They have to affirm affirm diverse perspectives on race, culture, language, sexual identity, and ability. So what do you think it means? Well, it sounds like uh, that they have to acknowledge that there are various genders and uh, there may be transgender no, individuals. No, they have to affirm them. Okay. How do you affirm them? By using the correct name that somebody tells you that they've presented, as opposed to using uh, their dead name. But what does that have to do with teaching kids? Well, how do you teach somebody if the first thing you're going to do is insult them and say that one of the major life changes that they're going through is invalid, that you're you're going to dead name them? Well, you're assuming that that's exactly what they would do. I'm, I'm assuming that. You're right. I am assuming that's what it means. Well, we know I'm that assuming, teachers do that. What I'm assuming is that teachers respect students and students respect teachers. Right. And so the proper way to need... respect a student is to use their name, not one that they had before. Okay, so what about their, their – must every teacher learn every child's personal preferred pronouns? No, I think it will be obvious when you're in class who your students are. I don't know how many kids you have, but I'm sure there's a, must they ask? a manageable number. In other words, they're required to affirm this. They're not required to be sensitive to it, to be uh, cognizant of it. They are required under the state law in mm-hmm. Minnesota to affirm it. Well, this is fake news. Honestly, no, I think teachers, it is. Teachers respect the kids in the classroom, whatever their names are. It's not a mystery who the kids are in the classroom and who they really are. I think All right. I think this is like an anti-woke boogeyman that oh, you're bringing well, before, in. Before you go on. Oh, here we go. The document states that teachers must cultivate, quote, opportunities for students to learn about power, privilege, intersectionality, and systemic oppression in the context of various communities and mold their students to become agents of social change to promote equity. Is that what we're supposed to be teaching in school, Mark? I think that's what they call learning people to be good citizens? Or agents, am I mistaken? Agents of social change <laughs> to promote equity. Well, don't you want your citizens that you great raise up in schools to learn how to be, uh, you know, effect for change? Or do you want them to say, nope, white only, slaves, no. what good? No, what I want is the teachers to teach gays, the kids bad. reading, writing, <laughs> arithmetic. Irish, terrible. Their morality and things like that have to come from home, not from the school system. 
system. Right, but when I we think we start telling I, the I teachers that they have to mold. You're missing young the word. The key word there is that they're going to be exposed to a diversity of opinion, not just one opinion. No, it's not an opinion that says or diversity of opportunities, opportunities for students yeah. to learn about power, privilege, intersectionality, and systemic oppression in the context of various communities. That's proactive. That's saying you have to go look for this. This isn't a, just a, a bogeyman, as you call them. A boogeyman. A boogeyman. This is an absolute uh, request that teachers, instead of teaching, become agents of social change to promote equity. Well, this is a rare opportunity in our schools to codify what every human should be doing, and that's being respectful from other people and learning if there's people who are respect. oppressed that maybe they have an opportunity to uh, you know, to not be. But to what get, does it have to do you know, with to teaching? get more equality. What does it have to do with teaching? has everything to do with teaching. It has, has everything to do with every do with subject. Has, and there's no way that you could teach civics or history or U.S. government. Well, how do I teach government? math? And, you know, there's so many people now on the left that think that math is a white privilege Ah, uh, the thing. secret is in the word questions. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so the stories. Johnny had five right. apples and inequitably refused to share them with Earl until Earl gave him 50 cents. Republicans <laughs> wish to live in the Deep South so they can become the old-fashioned Dixiecrats. Why is this not possible? Well, in addition, teachers are told to learn to learn and understand the impacts of systemic trauma and how racism and micro and macro aggressions contribute to adverse learning outcomes. Wow, they'd be pretty good at this then. I don't even know how to do that stuff, and I made it through the schools satisfactorily. Well, I think if I went back to my high school and I read this to the teachers there, they'd think I was insane. <laughs> well, I think they would probably be right. But, the, but that's another topic. No, but the issue here is we need to teach kids the basics. We need to teach them math. We need to teach them science. Do you do realize the United States? Teach them to think and to learn. Well, that's what you do. That's what you do. I often say that the one of the most things, the thing I like most about studying history the way I did in college and high school is it taught me how to think. It taught me how to research. It taught me how to, to find out. discernment. Well, it taught me how to find things out. And that's the difference. But here we're telling these kids what they should be. And that's not what we should be doing in schools. We should be allowing each kid to develop their own identity. Some of them you're going to like. Some of them you're not going to like. But if all we're trying to do in the educational system is to mold people into our cookie-cutter concept of what they should be. Holy smokes. Where did this come from? It came from what Minnesota's trying to do here and whether or not it catches on around the country. I think their goal is to make sure that people are aware that there are still people that are oppressed. There are still communities uh, where getting uh, full footing in our society is difficult. That's what it's about. It's it's not about encouraging kids uh, to become gay or something, if that's what you're afraid of. No one's saying that. What they're saying here, these buzzwords, these are required... For a teacher to get a license has nothing to do with their education, right. their background. This is what they've got to do to get a license. Yeah, it's an opportunity for kids to learn. I want to tell you about one important place that I've been able to visit and will be back soon. That's the Sunbury Motor Company. I'll be switching trucks, I think, Sunday night. The quick lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury is where we'll drop off one truck and pick up another. They specialize in all types of vehicles, though, at the quick lane and stage inspections, nitrogens. 
they got a body shop, an alignment shop. They'll even tell you the weight of your vehicle. They'll put nitrogen in the tires. If you want the tires to last longer, uh, you can get the nitrogen for free if you get four tires at the Sunbury Motor Company. SunburyMotors.com. You can make your appointments. Also, you can use your Ford Pass app in order to make your next service appointment for your Ford, Hyundai, or Kia. They would just love to chat with you at the Sunbury Motor Company. Joe's ready for a new Ford. I thought we'd get him an Expedition, but he says even that's not big enough, so we're going excursion with forward collision warning, rear cross-track warning, automatic emergency braking, lane-keeping assistance. That means an active assistant that helps you keep it in the lane, and lane departure warning. That's what Joe needs. He spends half his life on the fog I've got line. that. My wife sits next to me says, you're running off the side of the road. Yes, I have that in my vehicle. <laughs> it can detect a green light a mile, or a red light a mile away. All right. Uh, SunburyMotors.com. Uh, please. Dick from Milton, thanks for calling in. Joe, you just said something really interesting. If I could go back to my high school days, you're the same age I am. We grew up during segregation. Now, I understand that we, it wasn't segregated in Harrisburg. It wasn't segregated in Lewisburg. But a third of the country, south of Mason-Dixon, segregation was a big deal. And if you don't ever teach that to kids, they never knew it existed, I guess. That's my point. Oh, I think you should teach it. I I think you definitely should teach it. But there's a difference between this and what we're talking about here is what's required of a teacher to get a license in Minnesota. Has nothing well, I'm to do not with going it. there. I'm just, I'm just telling you that people want, people with, they want the history to disappear completely and don't want it taught. And my point is, that you, you, I don't know what you knew about segregation, but I actually dealt with it when I was down in Texas at Fort Hood. You know, there were there were segregated, segregated uh, stores and and, and uh, counter. Uh, counters in, in places like that down there where black, blacks couldn't use a, they couldn't use water fountains and so on and right. so forth. You know, I really didn't think about it because I went to school with black kids. They were in the band with me. They were in my classes. Ah, you know, you didn't think. That's I didn't, no, the I'll admit that I, I wasn't aware of racism until Dr. King and the Civil Rights Movement came along. We went all well, the had, kids I actually think. dealt with it down there. That's the only reason I'm telling you that. Well, thanks, Dick. Appreciate your call. Yep, we're trying to teach the kids to think. All right, thank you so much, Joe. Thanks for finally we're admitting. We're trying to indoctrinate. All right. How about knowing everything in the world and how to respect everyone? Would that work? This is WKOK Sunbury.